tension no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, head pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. The book of Luke chapter 5. I'm doing the part 2 of the message I started at thy word. We are looking at the word of God and what it does to our life. We are looking at the importance, we are looking at the value, we are looking at the characteristics, we are looking at how to use the word of God to be triumphed and how people have used the word of God in their life. Are you in Luke chapter 5? I read. It says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him. This is a story that actually speaks of Jesus Christ and his disciples. The first disciples that he was able to get also on board. Talking about Peter, James and John, the three brothers. He was not able to get them, but he got them through a miracle, through divine connection. And this is this actually happened at the Lake of Gennesaret, or which is also known as the Sea of Galilee. At the Sea of Galilee, that is where he met them. And when he met them, they were fishermen. They were busy with their vocation, but they had a lot of challenges and troubles in their life. Then Jesus showed up, and that is the story we are going to hear this morning. He says, so it was... As the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simeon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink also. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, from a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simeon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. May the Lord God honor his word this morning, even as I speak his word. May the Holy Spirit take charge over the word of the Lord. May the word of the Lord bring illumination to us and guide us in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, I submit unto your total authority in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your word come without any contention in the mighty name of Jesus. And let it come to us in simplicity that our life shall never be the same again. In Jesus' name, I call it done. Amen. Like I told you, I'm sharing on at thy word. The word of God is able to transform our life. God gave us his word, not for the fun of it, but God gave us the word so that by his word we shall be what God wants us to be. Amen. 
Anytime you have the word of God, you have the life of God. Take note. Anytime you have the word of God in you, you have the life of God in your life. If you don't have the word of God in you, you are walking, but you are dead. The word of God is that which is able to quicken you and I and to make us strong. The word of God is that which makes us to live for the Lord. The word of God is that which is able to guide us into all truths. The word of God is that which is able to admonish us from sin. The word of God is the one that is able to direct us as to how to live our life on this earth and to walk a faithful Christian walk. Without the word of God, we don't have what we call victorious Christian living. For you and I to have what we call victorious Christian living, then we need as a necessity have the word of God in our life. Tell somebody you need the word of God in your life. Or say it as if me tell the person you need the word of God in your life. If you want to find a victorious Christian, find how much word is in that person. Christianity is not about talking. Christianity is not about stickers. Christianity is not about dressing. Christianity is not about dancing. Christianity is not about eating food. Christianity is not about association. Christianity is not about making friends in church. Even though all these things are good, but Christianity is about the volume of the word of God in your life. Paul says that in all that I have, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. For us to know Jesus, for us to know God, we cannot know him outside his word. Tell somebody, you cannot know God outside his word. Some of us can come to church, but we are strangers to God. He does not know us. Because if you want to know me, you should know what I like and what I don't like. If you want to be my best of friend, then you should know what are my dislikes and what are my likes. You can only know it based on how you have studied me. And God also says that I reveal myself to you through my word. So if you said you love God, then you need to study his word. Tell somebody you need to study his word. Because God reveals himself to us by his word. So if you really want to be the best friend of God, then know much of his word. Because without the word of God, you don't know God. Without the word of God or without you knowing the word of God, you might not know what are the likes of God and the dislikes of God. So you can be a Christian for so many years, but yet still you are like a baby in the Lord. You can speak in tongues all right. You are born again. But your life is inconsistent. You, you find struggle in there. And sometimes you don't know what is wrong with your life. Are you understand what I'm saying? Please, I'm straining. You, you, you have to know that the word of God is what reveals who God is to you. If you and I go to buy any gadget, we need a manual, isn't it? The efficiency of the gadget depends upon how useful we use the manual. Ironically, in this part of our world in Africa, we just go ahead to use the gadget without reading the instructions. I don't know whether it has happened to you before. But you buy something from the state, which is maybe a, 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 a 110 volts, and you are operating in another world which uses 240. And then you never check the manual to read, and then you plug it into directly, instead of getting a step down, you plug it directly into the 240. What happens is that you blow the gadget. It is not how many tongues you speak. 
It is not how many hands have been laid upon you. The gadget is spoiled. Are you understand what I'm saying? And if the gadget gets spoiled, it doesn't mean that the manufacturer didn't do his work. The manufacturer did his work, but you were disobedient because you didn't read the instructions that is supposed to make you understand what you are holding in your hands. Can I submit to you this morning that a lot of us believers are blowing our gadgets because we don't know who God is. You will find people who have been in church for a long time, but they still speak like children. They behave like babies in the Lord. They are petty. They are complaining. They are murmuring. They are complacency. They, they, they are complacent, sorry. They are not active in anything of God. Everything they are doing for the Lord, they, it is like a pound of flesh. I do this, you also do this for me. Go on to you to step on that person's toe. It is a problem. We fight one another. Because James says, I said, what causes strife among us? It is our own desires of things we want to achieve and we don't get. You enter into the house of the Lord where it's supposed to be a place of fellowship and union and love has turned into a place of gossip. Because if you don't have much word of God in you, what will you speak? You will gossip. Then what somebody is wearing becomes a topic. How somebody dance becomes a topic. How somebody laughs becomes a topic. How the pastor turned becomes a topic. How the pastor's wife dress becomes a topic. Because you don't have the word of God. If you don't have anything to study to allow the things of this world to occupy your mind. But the more you have the word of God in your life, the more you draw closer towards him. The more word of God in your life, the more you fall in love with God. When we say let's worship the Lord, you don't need anybody to prompt you to dance. You see, when you enter into an atmosphere of believers, who knows their God? Are you understand what I'm saying? Not they are trying to know him, but who know they are God? When you enter into their midst, when you say, let's dance to the Lord, they will dance. They will not even wait for you to tell them, let's dance to, to the Lord. Because they know the reason why they are dancing. David said that, it, I, 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 he said what? He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, for me to be a gatekeeper in God's house for a day is better than for me to stay outside for a thousand years. Who am I preaching to? The children of Israel carried to captivity because they like worship, they like praise, they like dancing. When they could not do it in captivity in Babylon, they said, by the rivers of Babylon we sit and cry when we remembered Zion. He said, why? Because our hearts have been hanged and our songs have been taken away from us. If you are a child of God, you will dance like David. Bible said, and David danced unto the Lord and danced and took off his cloth. And they asked him, why did you do that? His own wife despised him and he said that I did this to the glory of the Lord. He said, in the very eyes of your father, I was nothing, but God elevated me. And because the wife spoke against the dancing and the rejoicing of David to his God, God closed the womb of the wife. She is the only woman who stayed barren through scriptures and never gave birth. That tells you how awesome God takes to worship and to praise and to his word and to his house. You don't joke with God and expect God blessings. The people that know their God will not be prompted to run to church. They will run to church because they know where they are coming to. 
When you don't have the word of God in you, or you are not falling in love with God, you are not convinced and you are not convicted. So anytime you are doing anything that is even wrong, you don't even feel it. There is nothing that convicts you to let you know that this thing you are doing is wrong. Because Jesus said that it is good that I go. For if I don't go, the comforter will not come, which is the Holy Spirit. And for when he comes, he will take of mine and give it to you. In other words, whenever you have the word of God in you and you are going wrong, the Holy Spirit is able to tell you that child of God, what you are doing is wrong. But there are some of us, we sin without knowing we are sinning. We don't even know the difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. We don't know what is the difference between a child of God and a child in the world. And I don't blame you for it. Because why? We don't know the word of God. We know what the papers and the, and the, news, the newspapers and the radio station says every day. All the debate that goes around. You know all the political parties and what, who said what and who did not say what. You can argue everything. But when it comes to the word of God, you don't have it. No wonder most of us, when we see the Jehovah's Witness people approaching us, we put up a face and start getting angry and start fighting them. All that we know is to fight them. You see, you are not fighting them because you hate them. You are fighting them because you don't know God's word. Bible said, I come and let us reason together. When even I was a Muslim, I knew the Bible. Sometimes one thing we don't know is that even Muslims studies the Bible cover to cover. They are Krishnas. Even the Jutu men we insult, they know the word of God. But yes, still you and I sitting in the church, we listen to the word of God from one ear and it penetrates through another. It has become a canker. The only thing we seek in church is position. And we don't seek for righteousness. We don't seek for his word. The only thing we know about church is for me to dress well and come to church to show it. It is good. But what shall it profit a man? If you gain the whole world and lose your soul. If you meet somebody who is a baby Christian and he's talking, you will know. He's so proud. He's so full of himself. He's so arrogant. And, and the last time I bought this car. And the last time I bought this shoe. And the last time I did this. And the last time I did Everything he's talking about is the I, 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 I. But when you meet a child of God, you know, because let me tell you something. The word of God is a hammer. It breaks you. Look, you cannot be in God's hand and still be proud. You see, God will break you. And by the time God finishes breaking you, you will remain humble. That is why Moses, after having an encounter with God in the wilderness, and God now came to him in, in Exodus chapter 3, he said, I am sending you back to Pharaoh. This was a guy who was trained in the art and the science of Egypt. This was a guy who was raised as a prince in the palace. This was a guy who was entrusted with power and grace to lead. This was a guy who was the next Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, Egypt then, was the superpowers of our days, those days. So for Moses to now meet God and tell God that I am a stammerer, I cannot talk. What are you telling me? God has broken him to the level where even his position is meaningless to him. God has broken him to a point where even his wealth is nothing to him. When you meet a believer who is boasting in his wealth, he has not yet known God. But if you know God, you will know that money is just a means, but it's not an end. Position is a means, but it's not an end. 
It is very important for us to understand that God is looking for the heart of children, not the heart of adults. Our hearts are so hardened that we don't allow God. Christianity today has turned into window shopping. I choose where I want to be. If I don't like it, I move to another place. To the extent that we are so petty to the extent that even where we will sit in church becomes a problem why we even want to be in church or not be in church. We are so petty to the extent that we can even be in church and will not talk with one another. Somebody can leave church not because of the pastor but just because somebody spoke to him or her and doesn't like and so she's, he or she will leave church. A man of God was speaking and he said he met a, 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 a church member who used to be in his church and he met the church member in town and was asking the church member, it's a long time I saw you. Why haven't you been in church? Yes, he said, my car. He said, when I, when I got outside, when she closed service and went out, you know, children play around, so I think some, a child went and scratched their car. He said, when I came out, I saw my car scratch and because of that, I stopped. I will not come to church where they will scratch my car. Your car has become more important to you than the world. You don't know why you are where you are. Ask somebody sitting by you, why are you here this Sunday morning? Let the person give you an answer. Are, are you coming to look at me, Pastor Ismail? I have nothing to offer you. Are you coming to look at this ed- uh, nice edifice? It has nothing to offer you. Are you here because a friend brought you here? Or are you here because you were persuaded to come here? I want you to be here because you know you are here to meet God. If you know you are here to meet God, what man does will not prevent you from serving the Lord. What man says will not prevent you from serving the Lord. If you know why you are in a place, you will give all your heart to it. Bible says in the book, as I read in Luke chapter 5, it said the people who were there were pressing about to hear the word of God. They, were, they didn't even care about the, the, the platform, the environment. The environment is a beach. Amen. And it's a place, if I didn't even have a nice pulpit. For, for what we read, tells us that Jesus was standing talking to the crowd. But at a certain point, he realized that he cannot reach all the crowd. So that is why he went to take the boat so that he can move on higher a bit. So that he can have a better view to speak to the people. The only puppet Jesus had was even the canoe. Can you imagine it? It's not as nice as this puppet. It's not in an AC environment. It was at a beach. The wind is blowing. How many of you, have, how many of you grew up in the beach? Give me a wave if you grow up in the beach. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> Amen. But if you have grown up in the beach, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The beach area is not a pleasant place. And for you to stand there and for somebody to preach to you, and, and, and not that he, in, in other words, he was at the beach and the people have left their homes, their houses, they have left their car, they have left everything, and they have run from the beach, from their houses to the beach to listen to Jesus preaching. Can you imagine it? He didn't go calling them. Instead of John the Baptist, he said John the Baptist was in the wilderness. But ministers and great men ran to the wilderness to hear the word of God. Because they knew that the word of God is what will make them better. 
ask somebody sitting by you today, what time did you come to church? Let the person give you an answer. And ask yourself whether you will go the same way when you have an interview. Somebody was speaking to me, said, Pastor, this and that. And I said, if you have an interview at this time, will you get there or will you give an excuse? So you see where our priority lies. At the end of the day, we come to this same God and say, God, bless me. God, God, I honor you. You are not honoring. He said, these people worship me by their lips, but their heart is far away from God, from me. God does not look at how many times you can roll on the floor. I don't care. If you like somersault, I don't care. If you like jump and hit this, I don't care. It doesn't matter whether you're a bishop, you're a pope, you are a cardinal, you are an evangelist, you are a leader, you are a floor member. No matter what your position is, God looks at the heart and not the outward appearance. So you can't deceive anybody. Don't try to be holy and pure on somebody this morning. Give me a break. The church... It's full of hypocrisy. It's about time we have to face reality of life. We have to stop being hypocrite and being real. Somebody says that it's only the church that you find everybody pure. Nobody is a sinner. Everybody is a saint. We hide our skeletons in our cupboard and come and sit in church and begin judging others and marking them. Because you don't know the word of God. Matthew chapter 7 says, judge and you shall not be judged. For the same measure you measure unto your brother, the same measure shall be measured unto you. The word of God is what makes us mature. The word of God is what makes us have compassion for one another. If you have the word of God in you, you wouldn't care how you are dressed, how you are looked at, how you are... You see, the word of God is the key that leads you to another level. Give me a wave. Say the word of God. Say the word of God. It's what helps me. Oh, you want prophecy? I want you to know the best prophecy you can ever receive is the word of God. There is no prophecy anywhere without the word of God. In fact, if you receive a prophecy and it's not aligning towards God's word, then it is a false prophecy. Every prophecy you receive should should align with God's word. Because there is no prophecy outside God's word. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. But when the rubber meets the road, that is where we will know who is a child of God. You know why at midnight hour you'll be screaming and you are crying and you are looking for pastor and sometimes when you don't even get the pastor, you saw the pastor. And when I was calling, you saw even picking. Who told you the pastor also would not sleep? Who told you the pastor doesn't have a wife to take care of? You understand what I'm saying? The reason why we are not producing mature believers, we are producing baby Christians, lantogen fed believers. The little challenge, even sleeping and dreaming about fishes or about whatever, that midnight they will not sleep again. They want to read the pastor. Pastor, I dreamt. And when I dreamt, I saw fishes. Go and fry them. No wonder we have made people come out and give us all kinds of interpretations. And we believe it. Because we don't read the word for ourselves. A Sunday school child even knows God's word. The only thing the parents will say is, shut up, you do want to disgrace me. 
Lord have mercy. He said a multitude pressed about to hear God's word. They were not pressing about to hear any entertainment news. They were not pressing about to hear anything that is outside God's word. They were pressing about to hear God's word because they realized that the God's word is what is going to help them. They realized that God's word is what is going to convict them. They realized that God's word is what is going to honor them. They realized that God's word is what is going to make them a better person. Without you having God's word in your life, child of God, listen to me. No matter who you are, you can't amount to anything. Hello? Because if it's about money, many people have money more than you. If it's about wealth, if about if it's about structure, people are have better structures than you have. If it's about fame, people are famous than you are. If it's about what do you call it? Exposure, many people have it. What do you boast of? I had the opportunity of being at the mortuary. Oh yes, I like to take adventure. How many of you have been there before? And if you have been there and you've seen it and you, are, and you are proud, then you have a problem. Because the reason is, when we enter in there and the mortuary man called us to come because we were going to pray for a woman and was going to pray for a woman with the husband, more or less like a separation. Pastors, we do a lot of things. And, and, and when we, we got in there and the dead bodies that was on the ground they were look no matter your beauty as you are sitting there right now and you are bluffing everybody you don't respect you insult everybody and you misbehave you insult pastors insult leaders you, you, you are so arrogant and proud naked you are not wearing anything naked and, 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 and the most awesome thing is that even the women and the men has been packed at the same place. Lying on one another. And, and, and have you ever seen a goat that you have put on fire and skin it and you realize that, the, the, what do you call it? The, the, the hair has gone off and it's left with the skin. And like the fire has burnt you, it looks a bit like brownish or something. That is how the human body has turned into. And water dripping out. That is how you and I are going to end up. You can be my Jackson. You can be whoever. You can have whatever mansions and houses. There is nobody who carry his house into the grave. Or his car into the grave. You worship your car. At the expense of serving God. Your bank account, giving to the Lord in church is a problem for you. Whatever you have, you will leave. Because money cannot buy anything when death comes knocking. You understand what I'm saying? When death comes knocking, death is knocking. Whether you like it or not, you will go. It doesn't matter. You can't say, wait, I have not finished. You will go. My Bible said that for it is appointed unto man once to die. After that is judgment. We'll all face our maker tomorrow. Child of God, what account are you going to give? Ask someone this thing by you. What account are you going to give? Yes. The only thing that will save us from this evil world is the word of God. It's our relationship with Jesus. 
It's not how many women we slept with. Oh, no, 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 no. Whether you slept with tall, fair, yellow, blue, green, yellow, whatever. None of them. Because there you are not going to score marks. It doesn't matter how many continents or nations you visited. Because that is not what you are going to be judged by. It's how you use your time, your talent, your strength, your beauty, your energy that God gave you and how you use this earth God gave you. How did you maximize it? The Lord is going to demand from you. Tell somebody at thy word. So these people were wise. They decided to press to hear God's word. Because they know that by God's word, their life will be better. Amen. I don't know about you. What, are, what, what, what is the most important thing in your life? Ask somebody what is the most important thing in your life. There are some of us who have been addicted to even te- television. Addicted to vodka. Johnny Walker. Give me the names. Addicted to them. Addicted to clothing. Addicted to fashion. They are all good. But the thing is that the most, the, 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 some of us are addicted to drugs. Addicted to lesbianism. Addicted to homosexualism. Addicted to pornography. Let me tell you something. The thing that you need to get addicted to is the word of God. Because you see, everybody has a problem. Ask somebody sitting by you whether he doesn't have a problem. Now, if you don't have a problem, then you are not in the right place. Ask somebody, don't you have a problem? <laughs> everybody has a problem. Amen. Everybody has a problem. The reason is simple. Because the world is not a perfect place. We have challenges in this world. And so, since everybody has a problem... There is the need for you to be smart in life. Peter told Christ, he said, we have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. Which means that they are not lazy, they have been working. Which means that they are not lazy, they are trying to put one to one together. But whatever they are trying to do, nothing seems to work. And the question is, why is it not working? Because you see, life, manos Christ, is crisis. I happen to grow up in an environment where I saw rich people. Very, very wealthy and filthy rich. If we talk of money, oh my God. They, 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 they. I don't know how to even describe it. Very, very wealthy. And I have seen these wealthy people now who even when you give them even one CD, they will thank you for it. Are you getting me? In the area I grew up in, those days when you talk of gold, it's there. And people go and get... They get good goats and bring it. And very, what is money? Their children don't respect. They are everywhere. 
today. Sometimes I drive and I meet them and I slow down and I call them. Me, anybody I have known from class one, if you, if you are mad, I will stop and still call you. That is me. That is how God made me. Amen. So I don't, I don't believe in getting to the top and forgetting those I started with. I don't bend my bridges because I'm not an ungrateful person. It's only the wise. It's only the foolish that bends his bridges and tells, I don't need it again. Tomorrow you come and meet. Amen. So, but what am I saying? Those things taught me life and made me understood what life is about. So, any place God decides to place me, I play it carefully. If you find me talking about something with passion, it's not because I hate you, but because I want the best out of your life. But it gets to a time I also stop talking about it. Because you see, the word of God is what can help us. Child of God, no matter where you can get to, you can still fall. Oh, you meet some people and he said, eh, I, I, I thought he was a man of God. And he did this. Oh, he was a man. You said he was a man of God. Because even if the man of God, the pastor also doesn't allow God's word to work in his life, he will still behave like the way somebody who is sitting in the chair right now listening to me will behave. Before he became a pastor, he was a congregation member. Don't forget that. You look at men of God like they are superpowers. So you come and sit before the man of God for counseling and expose all your chest and be opening your legs. And you think he's dead. So if he's not disciplined by God's word, he lay hands on you and he said, Pastor, take it from my head. Touch here. It's mine. The next time you pull him into it, and then you commit sin, then you turn out and say, eh, I thought he was a man of God. But what do you also? Who are you? Because if you are also a child of God, you should know that decency is one word for the child of God. If you are a child of God, you will know that if this man of God should lay hands on me or not. In fact, even by laying hands, some of you go everywhere and give your head for a hand to be laid on. Without even knowing the source. Because somebody told you he's a pastor. Don't be quiet on me this morning. I'm not from another planet. I'm here with you. Amen. So why would we be committing a lot of blunders? Because we don't have much of God's word in our life. First of all, let's look at the characteristics of God's word. Amen. One, the word of God is a two-edged sword. Tell somebody the word of God is a two-edged sword. Hmm. Tell somebody the word of God is a two-edged sword. The word of God is a two-edged sword. So whenever you talk of God's word, some people think that, well, Somebody went to church and he said, when they were preaching, he said, the pastor is preaching against me. Open your Bibles to me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12. Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. <laughs> Tell somebody, the word of God is living. And is powerful. And he said, and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is first living and second, it is powerful. 
And thirdly, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Have you, have, have you been to the slaughterhouse before? How many of you have been to the slaughterhouse before? How many of you have seen the, the, those people who sell the meat? Amen. We used to go, I mean, those days, Temame Market. If you go there, you enter in there. How many of you have gone to that place before? This time, you see it in small, small, but this is a big place. They call it slaughter. You go there, they are just cutting. Their knife is sharp. Look, if you make a mistake to even use your thumb to just pass just in front, it will cut you. And it is double. So when they are fighting, it is something else. Amen. So those people, what they do is that they go to some of us where we are coming from. They go and take juju and that juju they take is that if you cut them, it doesn't penetrate. So during, they have a special festival. When they are doing, that's why you see them cutting themselves. Now the, the, the truth of it is this. The, the knife is so sharp. But he's telling you and I that there is nothing sharper than the word of God. The word of God is so sharp than any knife you can ever think of. The, I was a scout patrol leader before. And the scouts have a special knife. It is by our side this way. That knife, you carry it only for jamboree when you enter into the thick forest. Because you are faced with certain animals and all those things. You don't need to struggle to cut. And you need to cut down certain trees and all those to make your way and sometimes attack animals with it. Very, very, very sharp. I know in the military they have it. Amen. Those guerrilla fighters and all those, they use it. It's very, very sharp. But he's saying that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Tell someone the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. So which presupposes that if today the devil comes against you with any kind of tiring rope to tie you that you cannot move and be what God wants you to be. Just by the word of God, those ropes will be cut off. Did you hear what I'm saying? I now understand what he says in the book of Judges, chapter number 16. He said that, and when they came against something, they tied something that something cannot lose himself. And when they got to the Asgard of the Philistines, where they're supposed to get the Israelites betrayed their own, handed over something to the hands of the Philistines, and said, Something you are troublesome, go and let the Philistines keep, kill you. They have tied something, head and foot and tail and everything, enter into the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines wanted to kill him. Bible says that when the Philistines shouted, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon something. Can I suggest to you? The spirit of God is the word of God. Without the word of God, there is no spirit of God. And the spirit of God came mightily upon something. And he said, the robes stir off as if it is fire. That has bent the robes. So can I suggest to you, you said they tell you witches have bound you. Oh yes, the witches bound you because you don't have God's word. But if the word of God comes, every binding of a witch shall lose. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I said when the word of God comes, every binding of a witch shall lose. Today, this morning, anything that has bound you by the word of God, I declare you lose in the name of Jesus. Every two rise and no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. And every tongue that will rise up against us in judgment, we shall condemn. The word of God 
is sharper than any two-edged sword. <laughs> I love it. It says, it's not only that, but it's living and powerful. Which means that the word of God does not die. Everything will die, but the word of God will not die. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Men will disappoint you, but God's word will not disappoint you. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying? I said, men will disappoint you, but God's word will not disappoint you. When you read the book of Genesis 22, he says this clearly. He said, as the Lord said unto Sarah, the Lord did also as he has spoken to Sarah. And Sarah conceived, and Sarah gave birth. But also, as the Lord said it, and will he not do it? The only thing, nothing is above God. But the only thing that is above God is his word. He said, my word have I exalted it above myself. You see, oh, come on, can I preach to you somebody? There is nothing that can move God than his word. That is why I said, come and let's reason together. If your sins is as red as scarlet, I shall make it as white as snow. There is nothing that you can pull God to to earth only by his word. When you stand by his word, God has no choice than to salute you and say, yes, son of God, I hear you. Have your way. The only thing that can give you permission and to be able to argue your way out of the hands of the Lord, it is by his word. It is only by God's word that he respects. He respects no language. He respects no tongue. He respects no personality. But whenever he comes to his word, he will bow to his own word. Because by his word, he is above the word of God. He is above himself. If you want success, if you want God to hit to you, use his word. If you, if you study through the scriptures, anywhere God has repented, his word was quoted back to him. God said, Moses, give me well, let me kill all these people. For they are obstinate and stubborn. They are, they are stressing you too much. And Moses went, did not go to God with eloquence. He went to God by his word. And when he quoted his word back to him, he told him that God, this is what your word says. And that if you deliver us and you do not cause us to let, get there, the people will think that you don't have enough power to do it. And so... By your word. I am standing on this word and challenging you. And God said that I have heard Moses and Bible. Come on. Bible state I said and God repented. Child of God, anything you are looking for is in God's word. When you pick his word and stand on it, you have results. You are not going to pick a magazine. If you are sick, go to Isaiah 53. He said that, Lord said, by his stripes, we are what? We are healed. Some of us don't carry good Bibles. We don't even have concordance. At the tail end of your Bible, there is a steady manual. We call it concordance. It shows you certain things. You, if you want to study about faith, it's there. If it is healing you are looking for, go and take that area of healing. Let them read it out for you. Kenneth Hagan said, he was so sick and at the point of death. He was a believer. He speaks in tongues. He prophesies. He does everything. But he didn't know the power of God's word that it is living and active and sharper than any two edges saw. And then one day, 
Every, everybody left him, his friends left him and whilst he was sleeping on his bed and he's between life and death that he took the word of God and when he was flipping through he came to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 and it read, said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, all things have passed away, behold, all things are becoming new, he said, why am I lying on this bed of sickness, when I receive the Lord God took away that sickness. That sickness, that asthma, that diabetes, that challenges was my past. But now that I knew the Lord Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. I am a new creation. A new creation doesn't need to carry this sickness. Because the blood of Jesus flows through me. And if the body of Christ is without infirmity, then I can also not be in infirmity. The word of God. The Rima word. And when he possessed that word, Bible said that is, is, the, the story said that instantly Kenneth got up from his sick bed, walked out when he met his friends. His friends asked him, Are you Kenneth? He said, The Kenneth Hagen you knew died long ago. But the one you are seeing now is a new Kenneth Hagen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? By the word of God, it is only the word of God that is able to transform you. Change your very nature from sin to saint. You didn't hear what I'm saying. From a drunkard to a saint. From a womanizer to a saint. From an arm robber to a saint. From a cheat to a saint. Nothing can change you than the word of God. It is only by the word of God. You look at us, you thought we were saints. We were serious and worse when we didn't know the Lord. Amen. We cannot even walk in a day without seeing women or drinking or smoking or doing some kinds of things. But when we met the Lord, his word was able to quicken us. His word was able to transform us. His word was able to change us. In fact, if you met anyone that tells you he's a Christian, check the person's former life to his present life. I am a witness and a testimony for what God can do. Oh, you didn't know. Yesterday, I was looking at my album. My old album. And I brought it to my wife. I said, let's look at it. And I told her, God is good. I said, this alone has persuaded me that I serve a faithful God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You can't tell me you have known God and you are still who you are. You are still in your old life. You are still in your old attitude. You are still behaving the same way. You can't know God. And still be the same. Because God is a progressive God. Don't tell me. And I know God. And I go to church. Yes, you go to church. I don't, I don't care. If you like, go and create a big sticker and put it behind your car. I am proud. I belong to ICGC, Yahweh Temple. God bless you. It's good. It's a good advert. People will stop you and ask you. Uh, where is Yahweh Temple? He said, oh, it's here. And we'll get more so than fill this house. I thought you see an amen to it. But it is a shame for your convert to become more than you, the one who saved him. Amen. The first man who took me to church, to International Central Gospel Church, I started with Assemblies of God before going to International Central Gospel The one who took me to International Central Gospel Church, later he became a chief. And he started giving excuses of going to church. God have mercy. Today I'm here preaching. 
The one who converted me is not a pastor, but I am now. Are you understanding me? Once a while we talk, but he is still also in the things of God. One of these days he'll come and bless us. But you see, we, we have to know this. It's not how big your Bible is. Hmm? Please, stop <laughs> confusing us. Some people, they carry their Bibles because you can't hold it. <laughs> but nothing. Empty. Amen. This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry product at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277-250-420 or plus 233-249-39-3361 Email us refismila at gmail.com Visit our website icgcislegon.com Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. The word of God releases miracles in our life. Tell somebody the word of God releases miracles. Do you need a miracle? Oh, do you need a miracle? Oh, if you are a child of God and you don't need a miracle, then you need to re-examine God's word. It says signs and wonders shall follow us. It's the word of God. So every child of God, you are a candidate of a miracle. Because by miracle, God is proving through your life for others to see that your God is alive. You can't be a child of God without a miracle. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. Luke 7, 1 to 10. Amen. Luke chapter 7. Look at Luke. Tell somebody, look at Luke. Look at Luke. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. This was a story of the centurion. And listen to how it was said. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 7, is the story of the centurion. And the centurion is actually... Somebody who has built a temple for God. And his servant was sick and he needed healing. Amen. So he heard of Jesus like I'm preaching. And he wanted to send over for Jesus to come and come and do what? And heal his servant. Now when Jesus was coming. Then he sent again to meet Jesus. For Jesus not to come to his house. And this is how he put it. He said, and now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. He said, the man is deserving because he loves the nation and he has built them what? A church. Like, this church has been built to one man. How many of you know that one man builds a church? Well, how many of you know one man can build a church? You are not saying amen because you thought I would tell you, bring your money. <laughs> amen. If you don't bring it, God will still send people to bring it. But whether we like it or not, we will build our church. 
Amen. And the Lord will bless us. He said, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Which means when you build God's house or you do anything in God's house, you, are, you deserve a blessing. He said, and Jesus went with them. So Jesus went with them, not because the man is born again, but Jesus went with them on account that the man is deserving by loving the nation and building a synagogue. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying? So if an unbeliever can do good to people, God can sometimes look upon it to forgive him and to help him. Though he will not make heaven, but on this earth, God will take care of him. Then you, the believer, who knows the right thing and you keep your resources and you don't do anything for God. Then Jesus went with them and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. For I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Take note of it. He said, I am not worthy. Like you have come to call me and when I'm going to say, Pastor, no, I don't want you to come because you know that on your shelf you have some gin, brandy, alombo, whatever. And you realize that if I should come to the house, there will be disaster. It's a man of God, stand where you are. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Do you know that scripture says that he who gives drinks to someone has also committed an offense? Oh, do you know that? Uh We are going to the word of God. We'll get there. And do you know the Bible says that if you know that this thing is sin and you do it, you'll be judged and you'll not be forgiven. So by the time I finish with you, you will know what the word of God says. So when you are going to do it, you do it. Amen. No matter what parties you attend of Muslims, they will give you a soft drink to drink. If you meet in the bedroom to drink what you have to drink now, I don't care. But they will give you a soft to drink. But come to our, our own weddings, funerals. One man of God came one day. We're having a wedding. And he, the man comes from his church and the woman comes from our church. And we did everything. And we met and there is a refreshment. And someone they are going to do those refreshments, they hide it from me. So during the refreshment, before we read it, the crates were coming. The green bottles and the and the and the and and the brown bottles mix up with it. And some people are very smart. You know what? They look for Vortic and pour it in and mix everything. So when you see it, you see you think it is a uh, uh, malt. And when they were serving, he said, "Hey, man of God, what is happening here?" I said, "God have mercy." <laughs> Amen. Can I go on? That Jesus went with them was already not far from the house. The centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word. Oh, if the Bible you are having is yours, underline that word, but say the word. He didn't say mention your credentials. That you are prophet Elijah, prophet this, prophet that. He said, no, no. He said, say the word. If you said you are a man of God, speak the word. Because what distinguishes you is the word. He said, say the word. And what will he do? He said, say, but say the word. And my servant will be healed. The man had confidence in Jesus. That when Jesus speaks the word. 
the servant will be so I don't need to come and lay hands on you I can stand here and say you are healed if you believe it you shall be healed I can stand and say you are loose from the infirmity and shall be loose because this is the word of God from the servant of the Lord for Bible says in Isaiah he said God honors the words of his servants he says say the word just speak it just say it I have occasions where people are not in this country, outside this country. They just call, they have challenges. And I said, let's agree. And I said, tomorrow by this time, I speak over their life and things turn around. Say the word. I don't need to meet them to lay hands. And the pastor Christ laying out, he's being discriminatory these days. You see, when he was laying hands, when he got to my place, then he, he passed me by and, and laying hands on the other person. Why is it that me? You not lay hands on me at this church. So next time I will sit at the place so that when the pastor comes, he can notice me and lay hands on me. Oh, you are joking. Amen. He says, speak the word and my servant to be. And why did he say that? I said, for I also am a man placed under authority. Having soldiers under me. And I said to one, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd. That followed him. I said to you, I have not found such great faith. Not even in Israel. And those who were sent to return to the house found the servant well who had been what? Sick. The man said, I am also a man of authority. I command this person, go and he does it. In the same way, I know you are also placed under authority. Do you see me placed under authority? Or you see me ordinary? You see, Pastor Chris put it away. said, the very hands that heal the sick, open the eyes of the blind, quicken the dead bodies, was the same hands that was taken captive of and was led to Gogota. The people that were around him, when they were even coming to arrest him, and he said, where is Jesus? He said, here I am. They fell under the power. Michael's servant, he took his ear, healed it, and yet, but these people have problems. They walk with the man, and they didn't get a miracle. Because they saw him as a man. They didn't see him as a man of authority. So, sitting around a man of God and eating with him and polishing his shoe will not give you the miracle. But the very day you begin to see him that he's placed under authority and he's representing God to do his work. The honor and the respect you give him, that is where your miracle comes from. A man enters into a house and a woman prepared food for him to eat. He's a servant of God. And the woman took a fowl who has blind eye. One eye is blind, the other is okay. And that is what he used to prepare the food for the man of God. The man of God will eat anyway. So he sat down and was going to eat. And he said, shall we pray? And he said, Lord, I thank you for this meal that has been prepared. And I thank you for the life of this household. And Lord, according to the effort and the energy they have put into this. And the sacrifice, may you bless them accordingly. The woman said, hold on. He said, he said, why? He said, man of God, I want to confess. He said, what is it? He said, because the fowl I used to prepare for the food is blind with one eye. And I didn't actually take my time. I prepared it anyhow for you to eat. Some of you treat men of God anyhow. You give us anyhow gifts. Something you will not wear, you give us to us to wear. You give us anyhow offering. 
Something that when we give you, you will not even be able to use it. For the father, you need to sow a seed in a man of God's life. Does not mean you just pick anything and give it to him. When we were not even working and want to sow seed in men of God's life, we put it together. And then we give them a good seed, a good offering. Because scripture says that when a man of God enters into your house, give him honor, receive him, bless him. And when he's living, he leaves a blessing. Some of you even bring your cars to be dedicated. You finish dedicated and say thank you. When your car is dedicated, you need to give an offering. The honor you give to God's servant. The centurion said, I don't need you under my roof. Because you're a man of authority. You speak the word. How many of you sees me as your father and your shepherd in the Lord? That when I speak a word into your life, it shall bring a turn around. The patriarchs don't give material blessings. They give spiritual blessings. Check through scripture. And Abraham blessed Isaac. And Isaac blessed Jacob. And Jacob blessed his children. And anyone they blessed, they didn't give them money. But they went with blessing. And their life was a blessing. On Father's Day, children even were able to recognize me and come to honor me. How many of you recognize me as your father to honor me? In Malachi, he said, you call me father, but where is my honor? Not even from my leadership. Church, listen to me. Authority is not bought. It is imposed upon you. The word of God. Say the word of God. By the word of God, the whole heavens were framed. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Quickly. I said, by the word of God, the whole heavens were what? Was what? Was framed. Was framed. Which means that if you want to talk of how the heavens were made, it took the word of God. So if you want to get anything from heaven, you need God's word. You don't need your own word. Tell somebody, you don't need your own word. Tell person, you don't need your own word. You need God's word. He said, by faith, Hebrews 11.3 said, by faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. The word was framed by the word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You see, if you look at John chapter, which I just read, I'm, what I'm saying is, is in John. Okay? John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. This is what he said. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was made without the word. There was nothing that was made that was made. Are you understanding me? So, in other words, when we are talking of what was made, it was the word of God. And when we come to Genesis chapter 1, he said, in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. And the earth was without what? Form and void. And darkness was upon the surface of the earth. Last week I spoke about it. And God said, let there be light. And there was what? Light. What did he say? He spoke the word. He spoke. 
the word. Jesus met a man by the pool of Bethesda, crippled, left there, abandoned. He said, why are you here? He said, anytime there's a stirring of water, I don't have anyone to help me. He said, you are wasting your time. Take your mat and walk. The man believed. He took his mat and began walking. Peter and John had a beautiful gate in Astrop that he said, silver and gold, we have none. But such as we have, we speak. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The man rose up and began walking. Tell somebody, you need God's word. Tell a person, you need God's word. So by God's word, the whole heavens were framed. So if you want to understand heaven and understand the things of God, we need God's word. Child of God, you cannot be the saint you want to be if you don't have God's word. You cannot be the child of God you want to be if you don't have God's word. You cannot rule in this world as God wants you to rule if you don't have God's word. You, because you are competing with other people with different eyes. Do you know there are people who are consulting other things for them to live? And that is the people you are competing with. You, we are living in a world of competition. It is not a world of place of cheapness. But our God is above all gods. Our, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runners into it and they are saved. The name of the Lord is above of every name at the mention of his name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord by the word of God you rule by the word of God you become what you have to be let me tell you something if you don't have God's word when the time comes you don't know what to quote by the time will come where you need to quote something amen at the midnight hour, it was a set of a story in Nigeria when a woman and a daughter, the little child was holding the child, the child was about Three years and he was carrying one, uh, she was carrying one behind her and she was looking for an apartment. So she was scouting street to street because they can't trust the agent. And then she saw house to let. Big house knocked in, nobody opened. The gate opened and she entered herself and got in there and there was nobody around. So she started to ask, hello, is somebody here like we normally do? And then she, so she found herself in the living room and then before she realized she was just going, going. And then all of a sudden she went and met this occultic group that had sat there and they were actually in section. And so when he, she got there, they realized that that's a good sacrifice. Hey, young two children and the mother is a blessing. So this macho man came and just bundled them and took them to the altar where they are going to take care of them. And this woman, when they got there, they stood before the man who was there, who was chanting, and the people are surrounded them. This little child, who is a Sunday school child, and the one behind who can also talk, and the mother were not scared. Why? Because they know the word of God. The woman does look at the scene. The children looked at the scene. And the woman said, in Jesus' name. And then the little girl said, Holy Ghost fire. And child of God, literally, fire came forth and began consuming the place. And the people said, who have you brought here? Take them out. If it were you and I, the next thing you would do is that God, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Oh, are you understand what I'm saying? Are you understanding it? But when you knew God's word, you will also know that when your time has not come, 
you will not die. For Bible said that righteous man laid down his life and he picks his life back. Are you scared of death? I am here to announce you you cannot die until you fulfill your assignment. Death is not your portion. Death is not your portion. There is more for you to do than what you knew of. You cannot die but you shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord. Have you messed up? Have you, have you lost it? Have you given up? Oh don't give up because by the word of God he said the righteous shall fall seven times and seven times you shall rise up again. You don't need to kill yourself. You messed up and so what? The word of the Lord sent me to tell you today. God wants me to let you know that you will sit in darkness but it doesn't mean God has left you. The light of God will locate you and you shall rise up again. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You shall walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He really said death will kill you. It is a shadow of death and you shall not die. Don't be depressed. Don't give up because God has not given up on you. For by Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. Are you understanding me? Don't be afraid of your enemies because Bible says they shall come in one way and they shall flee in seven ways. With your eyes you shall see the end of the wicked. Oh, and there's a wicked man around you. Oh, Bible said don't be afraid but they shall appear like a grass but they shall wither. Oh, you will look for them and you cannot find them. Are you understanding me? This morning I want you to know God has not left you to be destroyed. He has not led you to be rotten. He has not forgotten you because he said in his word that he has inscribed you in his path. That wherever you are, God is seeing you. He remembers you. He knows you. He understands you. He has plans for you. He has seasons for you. He has occasions for you. He cannot disappoint you. You are fair, he will restore you. You are broken, he will restore you. You are left it all, he will restore you. You are messed up, he will restore you. He is able to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No matter what your challenges, your shame and your reproach, the guilt of your sin, he is able to forgive you. Don't give up on yourself. God has not given up on you. Don't kill yourself. God has not killed you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The devil is a liar. He is a liar. The word of the Lord is expressed. It's expressly. More shall the Lord do for you than what the enemy shall do for you. Rise up on your Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435 You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7am to 10am on Tuesdays at 6.30pm to 8.30pm for our empowerment teaching service and Fridays at 7pm to 10pm for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter. God bless you.